I still mm. like the intro. Is your mic working? Because it sounds like I'm just getting an oh. external mic. Yo, 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 yo. So the wind is completely taken out of my sails right now. <laughs> I started doing this video, and I wasn't using my mic. I was using my laptop mic. And we didn't realize it until like a few minutes in, I guess. So all the cool stuff I want to say, again, it's like I, it's not cool anymore. But I guess we should still cover it since nobody heard it in the first place. Nick, Tell me again. I'll pretend I didn't hear, but what's going on with you, man? How has everything been the last couple of days? I just want to let everybody know that has been asking. My brother-in-law is doing better. Uh, his oxygen levels are going up, and prognosis is better now. Um, just did a live commentary for Jeepers Creepers on my channel, so I am I am prepared for this. I mean, I just wrapped it. Um, uh, I, I'm doing well, man. I, I, I am. I, I can't complain. Um, and, uh, Christian picked a bone with me about having the original Halloween's poster, which I used to have and it got destroyed. So he's going to send me his extra one. Um, but you said you're I, getting, you remind me, you said you, you want all of them and you're going to stop. You're going to stop at H2O is the yeah, plan. I'm not, I'm not going to get H2O or resurrection. And there are redeeming qualities about H2O. I'm not going to be a hater of that movie. There are redeeming qualities about it, and I do watch that movie every year. But I just don't care for the poster art for either one. Now, if I could get an alternative poster art for H2O, that'd be something I would definitely be interested in. Resurrection, I will never display. I just I just can't mm -hmm. bring myself to do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's probably it. I mean, Halloween 3... It's probably going to be the next one I buy because it's in my top five. I don't know why I don't own it. I had an 11 by 17 years ago. Um, Dude, part you know, two's I'm, poster is so pimp. Like it's like oh, a, it is. A, a skeleton pumpkin, you know, I've got a mini up there and uh, I mean, that's good enough for me in here. Although I wouldn't mind a blown up version of it, but I mean, I've already got a cool little, I've got a mini of one and one and two up there, but I love part two's poster as much as well as threes, obviously. But, uh, you know, I love part two. I think I like part two's poster as much, maybe not as more than part one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, man, Christian's got the, uh, the, the Elm street wall. I've got the Halloween wall. Um, but what about you, man? What's been up? Oh yeah. Like we said before, like I said, the wind's taking on myself a little bit, but still when I look at my Elm street wall now, I'm just like, Christian, you should have done this a long time ago. I mean, it's, it makes perfect sense because I would try to find posters that kind of work together on the wall, either stuff that was opposite color schemes that blended or just like my all time favorite movies. But now when I look at the, the Elm Street wall, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, that looks good, man. And uh, part two, when that one kills, I love and seeing part my two favorite. blown up when I see it blown up, I notice stuff now like the, the comb uh, and the and the Barbasol, you know, shaving gel on the sink and you know uh 
it's just a brilliant poster. I love how strong and massive Mark Patton looks on the poster. He's like, yeah. he looks like he's six five compared to Kim Myers. Uh, I can see her panties uh, under her under her <laughs> her nightgown. It's very see through, which I never really could tell before. Um, but it's a great poster. I love Part Two's poster. The Man of Your Dreams is back. Very creepy. I mean, that poster's freaky. Part Three is great. Except my only problem is some of the Dream Warrior kids on there are really goofy looking. Yes. Uh, part four. I love part four. The junkyard is bad to the bone, man. Part one is great, obviously. I love part one. They're just great, man. The first four, they're so uniform and beautiful and, you know, love them. And then four and five, five and six, they, they work because they're big, solid colors. The, 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 the video store poster for five just works perfect with part six because there are these two big, solid colors, blue and red. Just brilliant, man. I couldn't be more happy. I really couldn't. I could gush over them all day, but I mean, it's not hard because it's my favorite, my favorite uh, movie franchise in the world. But that's great. Um, trying to think of what else is going on this weekend. I saw you went to Spirit Halloween. I know people are going there. I am monster cereal guy this year. I'm going to go to Spirit, obviously, <laughs> but I literally am vlogging going to Target. And getting all my monster cereals, like I'm craving a bowl of Frankenberry so bad right now. I want all of it. So I hope fruit people snacks. will. The monster mash fruit snacks. Can't wait for the fruit snacks. Going to Sam's Club to get the mini bags because I promised my dog Owen a little bag of booberry since he can't have Count Chocula. So he wants his booberry. Got to get Owen his booberry. Um, but I'm gonna go to Spirit too. I'm gonna go to Spirit too, and. Uh, get a couple of little knickknacks you know and i would i would just prepare you for that um and i was talking uh to somebody else about it the other day is it's very it's kind of bare at the beginning as i'm sure you know you've been there um many times so it's like at the beginning yeah you want to go out there you want to show everybody on your channel which i did and, and the reception to it's been awesome um and uh but you know the sweet spot is like middle of september end of september yeah, like, yeah. That's primo. Which do you think there's a possibility that there could be? Because, you know, I, I we've talked about, I've shown them on this shit channel. I've got the two, I guess it's called porcelain. I don't know what kind of material it is. It's some kind of glass because it, it yeah. certainly cracks. But I've got the Sam and the Michael. I was really hoping they were going to do a Freddy one this year or a Jason one. Like, do you think there's still somewhat of a possibility? or do you, It would have been announced by now, you think? Well, uh, I could simply just text my guy now and just ask because the stores are open now. Um, but when I went into my store, they had Sam and Michael. Um, they didn't have anybody else. I know that it's something that I think they're recycling from last year because a lot of people didn't get it. Which makes sense. Uh, yeah. And I totally respect it because I'm getting Michael and I, so I'm glad they have it. Um, He's great, but, man. That Michael is so freaking awesome. Oh, I know. I'll be. I think I'm gonna go tomorrow after work and buy it before they're gone. Because even and though the I, H6 I pumpkin, yeah, the H6 pumpkin is my favorite thing about it. Like it's the <laughs> yeah. H6 pumpkin. Like what With the, the H2O hell? Michael? Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. So if it's on a truck, I don't know. I mean, I I know you saw my video. Anybody that saw my video, I th there was a Halloween end cap that they had, and there was literally only like three items. Mm -hmm. And I went and talked to the manager, and I was like what's the deal with this? Cause we got a new Halloween movie coming out. That ain't going to cut it basically. And she was like, um, yeah, no, don't worry. We have a truck coming. It wasn't like that actually guys. But, um, she was like, yeah, we had, we were supposed to have a truck arrive on Friday with like the bulk of our material. It didn't show up yet. 
Right. So we're waiting. Uh, and she said, I would assume a lot of Halloween stuff's going to be on there. I know they're carrying the uh, Tots kills mask. I know. Can we talk um, about that for a second? Yeah, yeah, sure. What do you think about that thing? I'm not a big fan. Dude, it, I, looks, I think, like, it looks pretty bad, doesn't it? Yeah, but here's the yeah. thing. Whenever you bring up Trick or Treat Studios masks, you get a lot of flack for criticizing it. And here's my thing. Just hear me out, people. I have paid 65 bucks for masks from Trick or Treat Studios that look killer. That Halloween 5 mask I have looks phenomenal. This so mask... Yes, this mask has mustard on it. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, I like their 2018. I like their four. I like their five. I like their two. I, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't like it. I think it. It looks really cheap. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not going to buy it. Uh, if I watch the movie and I just fall in love with the mask, I'll buy I it from it. somebody that made it. You know what I mean? I'm not going. I'm just. I can't settle with the Trick or Treat Studios one. I just don't like it. And people are getting them rehauled, which just costs more money. I'm just, and that's fine because that's supporting local independent artists that do that kind of stuff. And that's really cool. But it's just like, man, if I'm already $70 is, is a lot of money to me. So if I spend $70 on a mask, the last thing I want to do is go send it to somebody else to basically fix it. I mean, rehaul, you, you can call it rehaul, but to me, it's called fixing it because I'm not sending my part five mask to anybody to get it rehauled because, dude, it looks really freaking good. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. like part I five. Think, I think their best masks were four and five. I think those are their best masks. I think they're super accurate to the movie. The only thing is the like mullet on five, which granted is pretty accurate to the movie. But I think that the, 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 the look of it on the mask is a little bit different from the movie. But that is a minor gripe when you compare how strange those masks looked and how accurate they got those like just the face the expressions all of it i i I think yeah i think they did a great job with that but this one no i really i'm not a fan and i'm not criticizing anybody that buys it because listen to me i have a baby freddy okay so if anybody should be the center of ridicule it's me it's me i mean truly it's me uh but well no because your baby freddy looks great so regardless of how people feel about Baby Freddy and feel about Nightmare 5, you got a super accurate depiction of Baby Freddy. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah, I don't want people to think and I love Trick or Treat Studios. God knows I have spent hundreds with them. They've done some great stuff. The October Blood mask I got is great. The Halloween 1 mask I think is pretty darn good. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it is pretty darn good the halloween five is great uh the, ho- the halloween three pumpkin i have from them is fantastic um that the halloween f- the never and elm street mask that they put out like their part four yeah. stuff dude that's not bad at all no no compared to this type of type of stuff you see it like spirit and stuff oh yeah yeah it not not bad at all um i will say though um <clears throat> when you're talking about uh, I wanted to say really quick, another thing at Spirit, they have a big wall for killer clowns from outer space, and there was only like four things on it. So I am assuming there's a lot more to come from that. They had a spiky mask, um, they had another mask, and they had a couple of t-shirts. Um, and it, But it's a big wall. It's not an end cap. Like, it's a wall. So I'm like, you definitely have more of that coming. So I, I planned on doing a video, you know, opening weekend, once again in September, once again in October. October. That was my plan. So hopefully the video in September, and I'll visit it probably more than that. But as far as videos go, hopefully the video in October or in September 
you're going to have a lot more of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything my guy told me was accurate. Yeah. Every single thing. And I mean, he works for the company, so he would, you know, it was just a matter of, are you lying to me or not? He didn't lie to me. So, um, but guys, if you go there now, everybody watching, if you go there now and you go, well, this section's really there. This isn't here. They said this would be here. Give it a few weeks. I worked for the company for six years and I can tell you those trucks, whoever delivers them suck. Okay. <laughs> they know when you're supposed to open, they're never there. So you, most of the stuff you put out at the beginning of the season, when you first open is restock from mm -hmm. previous years and you're waiting for new stuff. I don't know why they haven't gotten their ducks in a row with that still decades long now into the process, but hold out. Just know that once mid September hits, that's when all the good stuff is. Everybody knows it. And that's when they're all going to go there to buy it. So there you go. There you go. Um, I'm sure that'll be the case when I go Saturday, but I'm really, I'm really like we talked about earlier, you know, I'm the I'm monster cereal guy this year. I'm all I'm all about my monster cereals. I can't wait to get a monster mesh and the fruit snacks and all that. But I'm so excited to go. Um, but I, you know, Sydney actually found a couple things that she really wanted. And, um, you know, I'm I, I'm probably going to get a few knickknacks my first go around and check out the killer clown wall and stuff like that. I don't know how much killer clown stuff I need since I got, you know, I got that thing back there. But um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just excited to go. Very excited to go. They have, That's oh, they have I Fright got. Rags t-shirts. They have yes, Fright Rags. Yes. I, I, you know, uh, for the life of me, I'm disappointed in myself for not getting that on film. I, I passed it. The reason I didn't get it on film is because I was walking over that way. I saw the whole wall and I was like, I want this shirt. I want this shirt. But right to the left of it was the display with the animatronic Sam. And right. I immediately gravitated toward that. I was like, oh my right. God, Sam. And didn't even, you know, think that I missed that wall. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, it's, it's, there's some cool stuff. There really is. You can tell that there's going to be some of this stuff. We got to give it a little bit of time, but it, it yeah, it's going to be cool. So when you go, yeah. that's all I got was knickknacks my first time around. I got a lanyard. I got the Scarface Halloween 2 mug, as you call it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I got, I I got a couple mug. little, yeah, yeah I got cool a magnet. Why haven't they done the DVD Halloween three mug now with the yellow Halloween three? You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Dude, that would be so pimp. I would love it. I would love that. But, I'm know, a mug thug. I have so many you, mugs. You know. I mean, you go to Spirit every year. They'll market Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween H2O. They ain't marketing Halloween 3. They just don't do it. No, they don't. Know? Universal Universal is just it's like Miramax everything's marketed curse of Michael Myers like the the Halloween yeah. Mike the Michael thing it's it's curse that's what it's labeled as um and everything's labeled as Halloween too yep it's just all labeled so yeah i know what you mean but anyway uh now that the pleasantries are out of the way i told nick before we started <laughs> i i want to hold nothing back on this i want this to be a really uh honest discussion about the movie about victor salva and um, I, I anticipate there could be differing opinions, possibly in the comment section. Uh, but we're, we're going to get to Victor. We're going to talk about the movie first. But I want I want to have this conversation because I think it's an important conversation to have. Uh, but I want it to be a way for people that might have differing opinions because I don't know how me and Nick. I'm sure me and Nick are probably very very similar since he picked this topic, which means he really likes the movie. I really like the movie, but I want it to be a place where if you hear two individuals have an opinion on the film and Victor Salva in a certain way, which obviously is 
there's none of us that are going to say we forgive him for what he did or it's okay. No, no, no. But if you have a differing opinion that's harder edged possibly than what we have, I want you to be able to give me your comment in the comment section and, tell, and express your feelings and know that it's okay and it's you're safe and you're not going to get pushback from one of us or if we can discuss this in the comment section. This is an adult place, okay? So I want us to be able to discuss this honestly because I think it's an, very important to do that and and not say this is the end all be all on this film and Victor Salva, blah, blah, blah. So I just want that to be known that, you know, please share your thoughts with us and openly and honestly. And you actually told me something before we went live about what happened on your live stream. Why don't you tell everybody what that was? Yeah, I had somebody come into the live stream and tell, <clears throat> tell me that they weren't going to be participating and watching the movie along with us or participating in the chat because they can't support Victor Salva. And that prompted a response from me that I give to everyone that says this, and I will just get it out in the open right now. Victor Salva can get run over by a semi for all I care. Um, I've got no sympathy for people like that. Um, It hits very close to home with my family personally. So I just, I do not have any rationale. There's no rationale. There's no defense of it. Okay. Garbage human being, period. Um, But my stance on that has always been any film you make, there are hundreds, if not thousands of people involved. And they give their time, their energy, their money, their effort, all of it to this project. Mm -hmm. And why should Gina Phillips or Justin Long or Jonathan Breck or anyone involved in this movie have to suffer because of one guy. Now, let me tell you something. When it comes to Jeepers Creepers, I don't even think it's directed all that well. If I'm being totally honest with you, I don't look at that and go, wow, that's a masterclass in filmmaking. No. Jeepers Creepers stands out because the creeper is iconic in modern horror. Very original idea and executed super well and acted incredibly well by Jonathan Breck. Gina Phillips and Justin Long carry the movie. Their, their acting is great. Their camaraderie is great. That's what carries the movie for me. Um, so I know I, I don't want to rant too much, but I'm just saying I can separate the art from the artist in this instance because there are so many people that did such a great job on this movie that really deserve to be recognized for the work they put into it because they really killed it. I mean, they really, really did. And when I look at a film like Halloween, I look at that and go, but wow, that's a really well-directed movie. Um, I don't think that way with Jeepers Creepers. I really don't think he's all that good of a director in the first place. I think everything else carried the movie. It wasn't the director. So that's those are my thoughts on it. Um, now, he, uh, he, there's a special place in hell for people like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how I feel. Well, I guess we can go there now. Um, I'm I'm probably very close to verbatim where you're at. I don't think I mean, I, I do think that separating the art from the artist is is OK. It doesn't mean you have to do that in every instance if you if you if you personally don't feel that way. And that's totally fine. I, res- I respect that. Um, but I'm with you. I think, you know, you, you know, Jonathan Breck, Gina Phillips, Justin Long. It's like, man, you know. They work their ass off. I love this movie. I think 
you know, I think it is a I I think it is a well directed, well acted movie. I don't think there's anything wrong with this movie at all, quite frankly. I think it's well made. Um, you know, but Victor did terrible things and he just kind of slipped through the cracks. There's a movie he did, and I own this movie, and obviously I don't want people to go out and buy it. I'm not promoting wow. buying it. I have this movie, and I saw this movie through Virgin I say virgin eyes, but I, I guess that's what it was. Virgin eyes. And um, it's troubling because the, the, the young boy in question that Victor originally molested is this in this movie. And it's it's really bizarre because the kids like in his draws and some scene. And dude, it's really it's really it's extremely uncomfortable. And to me, Jeepers Creepers 2 is almost like Victor Salva telling the world I'm a sick son of a gun. The, look at the creeper in two. He's sniffing and licking the glass, looking at all the guys in the movie. Like to me, it's like, and maybe I'm drawing much too strong of a parallel, but maybe I'm not. You're not. You know what I, I mean? Think that was totally intentional. You have a two, three minute long scene. Uh, it's elongated of the creeper licking at people, winking at people. You can the creeper almost getting aroused. Um, and these are kids because they're high schoolers, so they're legally kids. And dude, it's really. And the subject matter isn't what's in question per se. It's the the parallel to it because Freddy Krueger molested kids, you know, so it's like, but, you know, but, you know, Wes Craven, to my knowledge, never did anything like that. Uh, But, you know, it's the parallel of the director that makes it so sick. And that's the thing. You can tackle controversial topics because we enjoy that as horror fans. Tackle a controversial topic. Take a real-life horror and put it into a horror movie. That's fine. But when you are a real-life offender of that real-life horror, you can't put that in your movie. You just can't. And there's a deleted scene from Jeepers Creepers 3, and I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, And if you haven't heard about it... Jeepers uh, Creepers 3? 3. Okay, go ahead. Um, where um, it's about the main girl that's in the movie who's a teenager and it was deleted. Uh, it was in the press screening for it though. That's how it came out. And there's a, a line about, it's something about a, an older man, like having a crush on this younger girl. And one of the dudes goes, I mean, can you blame him? And at the press screening, people were like, no, 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 no. So they cut it out of the movie. So you never saw it in the final cut, but everybody who saw the press screening like mentioned it in their review and they were like, that's messed up. And again, it's the dude can't help himself. You know, a lot of times the people like that, they're never fully rehabilitated. You don't rehabilitate yourself from that. There's something wired in your brain that, and, and I don't want to get into it, but I'm just, the fact that you would put that in your movie, it's just, it's just messed up, man. It's messed up. So well, well- I, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to say, you know, this, we want to talk about a movie that we feel like is a modern horror, very important to modern horror and is truly a very good movie. But unfortunately the person that directed it is an absolute piece of garbage. But I mean, there is no defending this person, man. He's messed up. He's messed up. Yeah. You know, I want to know, Again, I, we're going not necessarily off the rails. But we're just starting with Victor now. Why not? How did he slip through the damn cracks? Like, 
This happened in this movie was 89, okay? And he was tried and convicted, I think, not long after this. Yep. How did he, with, with the way Hollywood works and the Screen Actors Guild and this and that, like, how did he, I, I wonder, how did he just not get blackballed? How did he continue to to keep making movies and stay in the business as late as 20-whatever, a few years ago? Dude, he has new interviews on the Scream Factory Blu-rays, brand new interviews. Yeah. And I remember when I got the Scream Factory Blu-ray, I looked on the back and I told my wife because my wife, she smartened me up to Victor. I remember I remember when she told me, she's like, Christian, you you know, that movie you have that guy. He did Jeepers Creepers. You know what he did, right? And I'm like, no. And this was probably eight, nine years ago. She goes, he's a child molester. He he's, went to he got in trouble for it. I was like, really? And then I looked into it and she she wised me up to everything. And then. It seemed like it was almost whispered about. It wasn't a secret 10 to 11 years ago, but like, I don't know. I think the thing was at the time, Artisan Entertainment and still to this day was never a big distribution company. That was, you're not talking Universal, you're not talking Sony. It's very kind of rinky dink, small distribution company. And I don't think they expected much from Jeepers Creepers. Um, and it caught on. And, and if you watch Jeepers Creepers, you can tell it's it's kind of low budget. Um, not like B movie low it's budget. It's modest. It's modest, yeah. but it's it's, it's not big budget. It's, it's not. Yeah. And the reason I think this all came to a head was Jeepers Creepers was successful. Jeepers Creepers 2 was successful. And then people started to look into the director and the people that made the movie. And it was like, oh, this guy's actually a piece of trash. Um, and the internet wasn't a big thing yet. I mean, there was internet, obviously, in the early 2000s, but it wasn't what it became in the next five or six years, I think. Yeah. You know, and I certainly think that the internet helped it. Now, the kid that was in Clown House told his story on the, online, and he wasn't necessarily doing a thing where he was like, don't go see Jeepers. I remember reading it. He was telling his story. And when that story Oh my god, my dog knocked down my Freddy sign. And when the kid when the kid from Clown House told his story, I remember this was in in the midst of Jeepers Creepers 3 coming out. I remember this vividly and I read his story that he told and it caught fire. And that's where I think a lot of people heard about this for the first time. And I don't think Jeepers Creepers 3 was supposed to be a, a one or two day run at the theater. I remember this was controversial. It was supposed to come out in theaters, the hype was big, and all of a sudden it became this two day thing and it came in the theaters and it was gone like that and uh it got panned a panned reception people hated jeepers creepers 3 it's and this is my this is my take on the movie i think if the movie came out right after part two it would make more sense because it seems very uninspired and just hey we got to make another one and i that doesn't mean the movie's any better had it come out a year or two later, but it would have made more sense. But we waited so long for another one that people expected the first movie and they did not get the first movie. And it did seem very uninspired and paint by numbers. And, tr tr you know, there were cool elements that I thought I liked the, tr I liked the, I liked the truck becoming this weapon thing. I thought that was cool, but it was about the only thing I liked, quite frankly, 
let's just address the elephant in the room. The whole movie was shot in the daytime because they could not afford to shoot a bunch of these shots at night. That is a fact. They could not afford the extra lighting, the extra visual effects it was going to take. So they shot the whole thing in the daytime. Mm-hmm. The creeper is not scary in the daytime. The part, the idea of the monster is to shroud him in darkness. And when he's just out in the daytime and you can see him full fledged every scene he's in, it's like you're making him almost like a villain in an action movie. He, he's not scaring me. Like, it was uninspired. It was. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I wouldn't even say that was the biggest problem. I mean, the movie was just bland. Yeah. Meg Foster made no sense. I love Meg Foster, but <laughs> yeah, dude, she made- you know, I mean. It was on top of a hill. But but dude, when the movie started, I I remember when I watched it and again, again, not taking anything away from what Victor did. Of course, he's a scumbag, but I'm a fan of Jeepers Creepers and I want to support the people that worked on the film just the way I want to support the new Jeepers Creepers. That's completely on Victor Salvid. He has nothing to do with it, rightfully so. You know, I wanted to support this movie. I wanted to see this movie because I love the character. And do the opening shot where you see him on top of the truck driving away. I was like, this is going to be pretty cool. And yeah. then I never said that again, the entire movie. <laughs> the opening, the opening was cool. It was. I was like, this is, this is, this is all right. All right. I dig it. And then it was like daytime, random characters that can't act and you don't know who they are. What Terrible acting. Dude, it yeah. was bad. It was bad. It, Mick it, Foster it, just made no sense in that movie. Yeah, I mean, we could rant all day about Jeepers Creepers 3, but if the meat and the potatoes of this is, I think that Jeepers Creepers had a lasting impact on me as a child. That movie freaked me out. Um, Oh, God. Because you don't know what the Creeper is. You don't know why the Creeper is or where the Creeper comes from. It was a very original idea. I thought Jonathan Breck played that role so well, and you get it's damn near an hour into the movie before you really get a good look at him. It's, it's like old school monster movie type style. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. Um, I truly think he's a modern horror icon in the sense of like 30 years from now, people will talk about these decades and they'll say the creeper jigsaw. They'll say people like that. Like he is one of those. Um, I think it's truly suspenseful. I think it's scary. I think it works on every level. And the ending just takes you by surprise because you think the creeper is listening to to Trish. Like, take me. You want me. Because he's hesitating and you're like, he's going to take her. And he's like, nope, I'm taking your brother anyway and flies right out the window. And you're Mm. just, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, damn. (laughs) And, uh, he was, the, he the was ending yeah with with his uh um him screaming in the dark with you know no eyes yep i mean it's just i think it's a i i think it's a, a film that'll last decades i mean it's i a, really do i think that it is just creepy i think you can get any generation of people to watch this movie and be like okay that's pretty that's pretty creepy like the second one is fun it's not scary but it's fun. Higher body count, more going on. It's fun. I can watch it and be like, that's a cool popcorn. Flick. But like we talked about, but well, like we talked about in retrospect, watching Jeepers Creepers 2 is extremely uncomfortable yes. because I do feel like it's Victor Salva telling the world, I am a sicko. And yeah. we, I think we do. We, we talked about that before the camera, but before my mic was fixed, right? I mean, no, I talked about it while your mic was okay. fixed too. Good. Cause, dude. 
we talked on region free. This was brought up and I didn't think about it until I think it was Piz, probably Lorne, but maybe it was Piz. Piz said something like, you know, when I watch Creepers Creepers 2 now, it's really uncomfortable. I haven't watched the movie in years. I mean, I just I just don't ever find myself really Dude, being the, like the first one's the best. That. It's no question. Gina Phillips just, is the best. Gina Phillips is Jeepers Creepers to me. I love Gina Phillips. Oh, I had a crush on her when I was growing up from that movie. I was like, dude, yes, like, give me more. And then that was the one thing I will say about Jeepers Creepers 3 that had me intrigued was the ending. When you were, you got Gina Phillips and you were like, oh, man, they're going to, Trish is going to be on the war path for the Creeper. Like, I am looking forward to it. I don't care about any other plot point you tried to sell me on, but I'm looking forward to that. And obviously, you know, it's never going to happen. And rightfully so, because Saba does not need to be attached furthermore. And I will say to everybody, I reached out to the director, Timo Vorinsola, uh, the other day. And I said, hey, um, this movie was supposed to come out this fall. We have had no marketing for it. What's going on? Uh, He messaged me back and he said, hey, Nick, uh, the movie's done. It's been done since February. Uh, I'm waiting on the studio to tell me a release plan. And that that's what he told me. So what, what that studio me, do you remember? What, do you know what studio is putting it out? Yeah. Uh, screen media. Um, so, which is a branch of artisan entertainment, I believe if I'm not okay. mistaken, but probably just, um, they should just go straight to streaming, man. I mean, that's what I was going to say. That's either going to happen or they're waiting on um, COVID to clear up. And I think it's going to come out next year. It was supposed to come out this fall. I think they're going to say, hey, look, this is already a shot in the dark. Let's wait until things are cleared up and maybe we can make our money back. If we can do like a wide release of this, when things are cleared up, we can make our money back. Because I don't think they want to release it right now because with everything going on, you're already going to be hesitant to go to the theaters. Are you going to go see a fourth Jeepers Creepers movie while also being hesitant? I don't know. Um, Although Wolfman's got nards talked about it the other day on his channel and he said he heard that they're releasing it on new year's eve so i I have no idea but the director himself told me as of right now there is no plan in place the movie's done it's shelved i believe i believe the director nothing against wolf wolfman scott nards but if you say the directors that's what the director said and and that's kind of what i i'll take it as um all right so going back to the first movie i remember when this came out and it, it, it was a groundswell because I never saw it in theaters because I was pretty young, but we rented it on VHS from Blockbuster. And you talk about nightmare fuel. The creeper is one of the scariest looking characters. It, you know, I want you to legitimately think about if he walked into that room with you right now, you're done. You're I done. I to stay as even keeled as I could, so he didn't smell fear on me, so he didn't want any part of me. But yeah, I yeah, I'm done. I dude, till this day, one of the scariest characters I've ever physically seen in a movie. Um, and there's something controversial I want to talk about that doesn't involve Victor Salva per se in a minute. But in terms of the movie, I thought that some of the scariest moments of this film is obviously when um, when Justin Long sees the creeper throw the body down the tunnel and then they go over to that house and he goes down in that tunnel and you see, I think he lights a match or something, and you see the petrified bodies against the wall. My my, I, 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 I can't, I almost can't believe my parents let me watch that as a kid because 
I mean, I was shaking. Remember in Halloween five, our body was shaking. He was shaking. Uh, that's Dr. Loomis. If he, if he would have saw me, he'd have been yelling. CHH is shaking. His whole body is shaking. Dude, I'm talking. I lost it at that move, point in the movie. And that's just 10 minutes into the film. How many people did he kill last year? Your own daughter. Have you forgotten? Oh, I didn't forget. <laughs> love, yeah. I love him. Uh, but dude, he, that move, that scene uh, was so embedded in my brain. And still, it's like, dude. It's a decision I would have never made. I would have never gone in there. And we talked about it on the commentary. I said, this is one of the scenes. I get it. Curiosity killed the cat. Like, but I couldn't do it. Okay. I just couldn't do it. And especially you just smell it when you're leaning over it and you're like, nah, nah, I ain't going down there. But you know what I think makes the scene relatable and not like, this is stupid. Gina Phillips character. Yeah. Because she is the one that the audience is like, thank you. She's the Why? voice of reason, yes. You need that, I she think. And I think that's what she There's a line that says, this is the part in horror movies. Like, she says something about, oh, God, I can't even remember exactly what it was. I know what you mean, like, though. But she's yeah. she's basically she's basically fourth wall in it, in a sense. And she's like, this is the – I get it, but that's what makes that scene, you know, just – and Justin's character, D- Derry was his name, right? He – it's it's not like he was B movie. Let's go check it out. No, he was like, no. What if somebody is down there? Like he wanted to do the right thing, and he had brass balls, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I, I because I loved his character in the film, but like it it worked. I think because you respect him wanting to help somebody, but you also respect common sense. It's, it's not good what's down there. No, and I <laughs> said know? the same thing in the commentary tonight. You know, Justin was saying, he was like, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have gone down there, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd run, I'd get out, I'd try to find the exit through the church. And I said, yes, but but Justin, when you see that person in that body bag, it's not a body bag, the tarp or whatever, the sheet, breathing still, you would try to help them. Like, that would just be your normal human response. Like, dude, this person is breathing. Like, maybe I can save them. So I, I like I totally get it. But, you know, hindsight, as the viewer, you're watching, you're like, just don't go down there in the first place, man. Um, but, you know, once he's down there, he does the right thing. Absolutely. Like you want to help these people. You you that was his goal. It wasn't like it, it, Trish tried to sell it as like you're just curious about like what's down there. And he's like, no, what if someone's alive? What if someone needs help? What if that was you down there? And that's what gets her to go. All right, whatever, quick look. And then we're done because you're normal. Like if you're a human that has empathy, you understand, you, you can feel that. And you're like, damn, if someone is alive, like how could I turn my back on them? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a great moment in the movie. And you know, this is where I want to stop in terms of progressing through the movie and talking about stuff we love. Do you know somebody by the name of Dennis DePew? Have you ever heard of that? Well, there is, and I'm going to read this to you right now for this episode. One of my friends told me one time on Region Free, Stone Gasman, good guy. He says, well, Christian, you know, Victor Salvo plagiarized a real life story. I was like, "What what are you talking about? He goes, the whole entire opening of the film. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, dude, the entire opening of the movie is verbatim an Unsolved Mysteries episode. I was like, really? So I'm going to, for the people that don't know about this, I'm going to brief you. 
I'm going to read this really, real quick. Uh, Jeepers Creepers, the, the hit movie, had audiences captivated with the simple story of a brother-sister duo on a road trip who happened across paths with a bloodthirsty maniac known as the Creeper. While this is a thrilling feature, fans may be surprised to learn that the story itself might not be completely rooted in fantasy. Eleven years before Jeepers Creepers was even realized, fugitive Dennis DePew was on the run, being sought by the police after the body of his wife, Marilyn, was discovered abandoned behind a church. An episode of Unsolved Mysteries airs the true story of the brutal murder of, of Marilyn DePew almost a year after her death. Dennis DePew's wife was reported missing on April 15, 1990. Neighbors immediately suspected that her husband, Dennis, was behind the disappearance. As it was well known that DePew had a rocky marriage, it was suggested that maybe Dennis snapped when Marilyn filed for a much-needed divorce. In reality, after several, severely beating her in front of their three children, DePew pretended that he was going to take Marilyn to the hospital, but instead shot her in the back of the head. While dumping his wife's body, DePew assumed that he was alone, since it was rare for anyone to drive along the isolated Michigan back roads. Now, this is where you're visualizing this right now, Nick. You, you've literally visualized the movie. However, yes. Ray and Mary Thornton were driving along that particular stretch of road at the very moment and found, and found themselves bearing witness to Dennis disposing of Marilyn's corpse behind a church. The corpse was wrapped in a bloody sheet before they could fully comprehend what was happening. Dennis was in his van following close behind them for several miles and then disappearing completely until March of 1991. So... This is an unsolved mystery story, like I said, and when they aired the episode, which I haven't seen the episode, but I even think the episode really similar is almost identical to what the opening of the film was. So that's never been talked about. Salva has never addressed that. But from what I've been told, the story itself, just hearing it, you visualize I, I visualize the movie. So that's something very interesting in my live chat tonight. Uh, Jay did. Uh, I think, you know, Jay, Jay did was in my live chat. And he said, you know, this is based on like an unsolved mystery. And I was like, no, I never heard that. So it's ironic that you bring that up because he started to mention it too. And I was like, how have I never heard this? Like, that's crazy. Because it was something that fans realized it was never something that was, brought up by like i said salva he's never addressed it so i think people somebody somebody just put two and two together and then posted or talked about it and then it spread but people still need to know but because i don't think everybody knows about this yet i didn't know about it till about a year and a half ago so that's very 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 interesting uh i'd like to see the episode on dennis depew because usually on the unsolved mysteries they reenact segments from the story so i want to see I want to see what the segments look like because, dude, they probably look a lot like, you know, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, crazy. Uh, that's obviously where I think the similarities stop because obviously Dennis mm-hmm. DePew doesn't sleep and eat for 23 days or eat for 23 days. We don't let's, know that. Well, let's talk about that for a second. The mythology. Do you think that actually weakens the story at all? Or do you think it strengthens the story? Because it's very odd. For 23 days, every 23rd spring, he eats. I'm still. I still try to wrap my head around that. What do you, What are you? What are your thoughts on the mythology? I think it strengthens it because they don't go into it. Uh, if you tried to explain it, I think it would have weakened it. 
but the fact that they it, it adds to the mythology because you truly have no idea what this thing is or where it came from. And then when you get just a smidge of exposition of, you know, every 23rd spring for 23 days, it gets to eat. It adds to the, what the hell is this thing? Why is this thing? Where does this thing come from? And I think that was a very good decision. Now, Jeepers Creepers 3 tried to set up that they were going to give you answers to it. Personally, terrible decision. Yeah, and I don't need answers. Um, the first movie, I think, when Giselle, the you know the local sidekick, is talking about that, I think it adds to it. I really do. I think it adds a mythos, a a very ominous layer to this character that is already ominous. You really don't know, and then you find out. Oh yeah. He only comes around every 23 years for 23 days and eats people. And it's like, why? And you don't know. And I think that's the beauty of it. You don't know because you don't need to know. There's already enough with that character that's so interesting. You don't uh -huh. need to know. Like, and I think that I, I think it adds to it personally. Well, not only that, like I'm, I'm fr this is my frame of thought, especially back then when I'm told by the actress's name the uh the old black lady who i love patricia belcher i love her i used to see her in some shows some sitcom from the 90s and she's she was always funny but like when i'm told every 23rd 23 days every 20 for 23 days every 23rd spring he eats i'm just like okay you're telling me two plus two equals four and like i accept it but it's like when do we get to the point where what well, what well, well, why does two plus two equal four? You know what I mean? I think that's where you get to points in movies where sometimes it could be cool if the truth is really scary, and other times it just makes you know like arguably in Rob Zombie's Halloween, nobody wanted to know what his childhood life was like because then you exactly. humanize him, and yeah, that's you know I I just think if going into it, it was yeah. If you put it out there in the ether. That's one thing. If you take the time to address it, that's another. And that's yeah. what Jeepers Creepers did. They put it out there, but they didn't address it. Um, and I think it strengthens the movie. Rob Zombie's Halloween put it out there and then addressed it. Um, and I think it weakens it. Um, there needs to be mystery to these characters. I mean, mystery keeps the audience on their toes. Mm -hmm. And when you when you add that and then you go, but don't worry, we're going to explain it to you. It's like, well, then it's not creepy anymore. Like, I want to walk away from this movie going, what the hell did I just watch? What is happening? Like, it's like the know. movie becomes your friend and it's not the, the Jeepers Creepers one. The movie is your enemy because it has a vendetta against the audience to scare the living hell out of you. Mm -hmm. But it's like when movies start to explain stuff to you, it's like, well, hold on. Let, let's get to know each other kind of thing. And there's a dude. I. I just, yeah, I'm, I always like it. Dude, look, every 23 days, every, for 23 days, every 23rd spring, he eats. Like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and there's an urgency that, that the creeper has because of that, that I think adds levity to the character because he's not stopping no. for 23 days. And this is his chance to kill you. So, like, that urgency. I think elevates the impact of the character. So Absolutely. I guess I do like it. I always wondered like what, 
what I, I when I here here I am trying to process it, you know. But I, I always wonder where did that come from? What, was that from something else in the past that it's homaging, or it's just weird the phrasing of it? Spring because he doesn't it doesn't do it in the fall, you know, which I would prefer the fall, but he does it in the spring, Same. not the summer, like winter, you know, just in the spring, twenty three days. So, um, moving on. You know, some of my favorite scenes as we move forward um, is when we hear another part of the mythology, hearing the song. When you hear the song, he's coming. Now, that seems to me on, on if I'm reading that, I'm like, well, that's silly. But I don't hate it in the movie because I like the song. But like, what do you thought? Like, you know, does that kind of give it this kind of cheesy element? to the film you think that you like, was it not necessary? Or do you think like, what is your thought? Cause when I try, when I try to break it uh, down to me, I it's hear, creepy. No, I hear what you're saying. No, it's not cheesy. It's scary. It's scary. It, it is. It, I, I will never hear that song the same way. Um, the song Jeepers Creepers is terrifying. It's, it's the same thing that insidious did with tiptoe. It makes a song that is old, classic, very, you know, there's no underlying message really with it. It's just fun. It makes it scary. I cannot hear that song or hear the word Jeepers without thinking of Jeepers Creepers. Um, No, that song's iconic. I think that that song took on a life of its own because of this movie. And I'm thankful for that because I truly think it is incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just, yeah, yeah. I, I think it strengthens the movie. I don't think it weakens it. And especially the ending when he's sewing parts together and he's sitting there and you're just getting like jeepers creepers. And then like, it's, I love how it lines up too. It's like, where'd you get those eyes? And he comes right up right behind Derry's fucking face. Oh, mm. Said the F word, but um, no, that's yeah, cool. right behind Derry's face, and his eye lines up with Derry's eye. Uh-huh. Hole. It's like, where did you get those eyes? And then it ends. It's like, I think it's, I think it strengthens the movie personally. Yeah, and as we get across the movie, you start to notice that, you know, the creeper once he starts to take a liking to Derry and not, and not, um the sister whose name who's the sister's name in the film was uh remind me the sister's name in the movie trish trish what i wanted to move to was when you look back did it seem like the creeper preferred boys to girls throughout the series it seems like it yeah the overall series yes yeah i would say so especially i think part of that might be like overly weighted because of Jeepers Creepers 2. But even in the first film, uh, Derry, the police officers, the inmates, uh, the male cop instead of the female cop. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that's that's accurate. Yeah. And speaking of the cop scene, that's one of my favorite freaking scenes is when you see him on top of the cop car because – it was exhilarating it was scary and then when he takes the cop's head this is what really creeped me out as a kid and he's smelling the head dude it was freaky as hell you know 
and they're because the guy's already dead, it takes away from a little bit of that weird psychosexual thing that you kind of think about with Victor and all. You know, but with when he's just got the head and he starts eating the tongue, dude, as a kid, I'm talking, I mean, it's still freaky. That movie's scary yeah, that, until this day. That's a, that's a standout scene, like, period. That scene is like, I mean, even now, as an adult, I'm like, that's uncomfortable. <sighs> like, and let's talk about the design of the creeper. I mean, to me, yeah. that... Dude, it's one of the scariest designs I've ever seen. But what makes it work still, I think, or ma- what makes it work so good is the element of the the eyes, because that's still that's the only thing he- more or less human about it is it has eyes, and that's how you get all the emotion from the creeper. And uh, the gentleman who played it was uh, Jonathan Breck, and he's done every one, I think. Yes, uh, dude. I mean, he was individualistic he had he, you start to see personality more so in the second one from breck but in the first one there again going back to what i think works is the unfamiliarity of the creeper that just you you there's nothing to trust and there's when you see the movie for the first time you literally don't know what the hell this thing is gonna do and then yeah. when you think you start to figure it out then come the bat wings and then when the bat wings mm-hmm. come out, he's gone. You say, oh, my God, like, how do you stop this son of a bitch? I thought I knew what I was dealing with. And then I realized I have no idea. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically. And, and that's the thing, too. I was talking about that earlier, too, when we were watching it. I was like, you you see this thing that, you know, isn't quite human. And, you know, he's he's up to weird, nefarious stuff. And, and, and you know, it's weird. It's it's creepy. But when you see him in his full, like, Oh, I have wings. I have mandibles. I'm like, all right, really? What the hell is this dude? (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. No, I, Mm -hmm. I can, yeah, that, that definitely adds to the character. I, I think that when you're going for creating this modern monster that you, you want there to be mystery to, I think adding those attributes to that character just really upped it, turned it up to 11. It's like, you already are questioning, what is this? Um, Then you see wings and mandibles and you're like, all right, seriously, what the hell is this thing? Um, Yeah, yeah, the the design is awesome. And I will say in the first two movies, the design is great. Um, I really don't care for the the makeup effects in three. I felt like he looked, I don't even know how to put it. He just looked different. I don't know. I mean, I've only seen three two times. I watched it once myself. I told myself I wasn't going to watch it again. And I showed it um, to my fiance. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, I thought it was okay. And I'm like, it's not okay. Not com- but, uh, yeah, not compared yeah. to the, nothing works compared to the first one. But one of, no. one of the next standout scenes in the film that I, I really like. So once the, once, once the hunt begins, you know, we then go to the old lady's house. And the old lady herself was, dude, as a kid, the old lady was just creepy. The cat lady, you know? And when the creeper goes after the cat lady, I almost feel like he did those killings of the, of like the cat lady and stuff just to intimidate the brother and sister. Like he was having fun almost, you know what I mean? Cause he didn't, I, I don't think he was really more or less interested in her. 
No, he didn't eat anything from her. Right. It, it was simply just, you think you're afraid now. Uh, I might as well. I, he was playing with his food. Right. I guess we should say. Yeah. So that, that's something I started to think about it as I was, as I've seen the movie more, it's like, he was a, like, if I had to call him anything, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it. Actually, I don't hate to say it. I think he's more aligned with like a Freddy rather than a Jason or a Michael because he is cunning. He's in, he likes to, he, he, it's like he enjoys, he enjoys the, the, the predisposition of what he can do to his victims before he actually like does it. Freddie loves to freak people out before he actually kills them, having faces on his pizza in front of the victims before he kills them or doing this or that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same thing here, you know? So it's like, I think that there's a little bit of Freddie, which is a huge compliment to me, but I, I think there's a little bit of Freddie in the creeper from the first movie. And it's subtle because it's so overtly scary kind of just like the first one is freddie freddie when you when you when you pull the face off of him in the first movie and it's a skeleton it's shocking that shocked audience it scared the hell out of him but there is a dark comedic element to it and i feel like the creeper was having fun you know in the first movie but it was so scary at the same time yeah i mean no i would totally agree with that there is an aspect i wouldn't even say an aspect one of his personality traits is he knows you're scared and, and, and he kind of gets off on that in a weird way. You know, it's almost like, it's almost like he, the more he toys with you, the more fun he's having, the more his meal is going to be enjoyable basically. Because he's, so, he's getting more fear out of you, which goes mm -hmm. back to what so, he smells. Yeah. So instead of just being like, I know I could overpower you and kill you in an instant. I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I dig that. I dig that. The character is so layered. You know, I feel like that's something that we don't talk enough about. Not only is he, yeah, he's a monster. There's a lot we don't know about him, but even the, the little that we do know about him, he's so layered. There's a lot there. Um, I think people sometimes get too much into the weeds of wanting to know everything about a, a villain in, in all genres of movies. It's a, I feel like that's a fine line. I don't want to know everything, you know? It's like, I love Michael Myers and I love the Thorn trilogy, but there is an argument to be made. We didn't need to know that. Um, and same thing with Rob Zombie's Halloween. We didn't need to know some of that or see some of that. We mm -hmm. almost don't need explanation for these characters because they're scary on their own. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, the creeper is probably top five, like from my childhood villains in a horror movie that scared me like that lasted mm -hmm. with me for years. I mean, I just, he's terrifying. Like, how do you get away from that? I, I never, I'll never forget. And I mentioned it tonight on my live stream when she runs him over and then backs up and runs him over again. And Derry's like, all right, like we're done. Let's go. Nah, if it's me, I'm running him over till he's dust. Clearly, he's not human. Relatable. Clearly, too. yeah, it's not the way we yeah. would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Another great scene. Yeah, but one more scene I really wanted to talk about before we start kind of giving our final thoughts on the movie was obviously the, the this is the one that you know if I wasn't already ready to die as a kid, the jail scene when they get to the jail and mm. 
he gets his hands on Derry and the cops are surrounded him. She's there trying to reason with him and it's nighttime, but like they shine the flashlight on his face and out come the, that, that, and the yell, the screech that he does. Could you imagine being Derry in that moment? Holy mother of God. I would poop my pants. Visually, visually, that's still one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Ever. (laughs) Oh, it's, it it is so effective. It needs no endorsement. Like it's, you don't see that coming. I mean, you don't see it coming. And then it happens and you literally put yourself in Derry's position. You go, dude, you're totally helpless. Clearly you're, you are overmatched by whatever this thing is. Um, that scene is one of the most memorable scenes in the movie. Uh, the issue I have with that scene is the police did not try to take one shot. They had a clear shot of his head. And then when he opened his wings before he flew out and he stood there, clear shot of his wings. No one took a shot. Hold on. I, Could you argue that if there was ever an out of body experience, that is oh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could definitely see the argument of, dude, these cops didn't know what to do. They, they were in know shock. They were looking at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess it's hindsight is 2020. Yeah. You know, like I, now I'm like, dude, just take the shot of his head. Obviously. Like, but dude, like, yeah. like I, I think if there was ever an out of body experience, it's that, you know? Yeah. And, and it's tragic. The scene is tragic because you have Trish pleading with him. Take me. You don't want him. Anything he has, I have, and I'm stronger than him. Take me. Mm-hmm. And, you can tell the creeper, it almost seems like he's like considering it, but not really. Because as we learn through his, you know, mythology, when he wants something from you, he wants it from you. So he had already made up his mind about dairy and she's trying so hard, like, take me, take me. And for a second, you think like, he's thinking about it. He might take her. And he's like, nope, no, I want him. Sorry. Yeah. So that's probably that's probably we, we've talked about a lot of the great highlights of the movie. We've talked about how much the movie scared us as we as we wrap this up, you know, final thoughts on the on the film in terms of the the controversy is I totally understand why there are people that ref, will absolutely refuse to ever associate themselves with this series because of what Victor did. I see that and I respect that. But I, and I also understand how people can appreciate a film and still condemn the person that did it and want him to have no involvement ever again. Uh, But I think we should be respectful of both sides. I don't think it needs to be a you're right, you're wrong. Uh, It's a personal choice for each individual at the end of the day. You know, Um, I just don't want people to think that being a fan of a film that had a scummy human being involved would, would ever be a, a, proposal for the person himself i mean there's no denying that victor salva has done unspeakable acts that i mean the only thing there is nothing i don't think there's anything worse it's like dude hurting a child is like worse than legit murder almost like that's the most unsacrilege thing possible so um i just want i want it to be known that i i think it's okay to be a fan i think you agree there's a lot of people involved with this film and I would never want it to be buried uh, because of the hard work that the actors put in the crew put in because somebody 
was a bad person that was involved with making this film. I just, I think we can, I think that's a position that that's could be understood fairly well. And I, I really don't see a lot of discourse between the two parties, the people that enjoy. I think, I think we are at a place where people are understanding of that. You know, there are people that, you know, I never, I never see, I can't really recall the last time I've seen anybody tell me or say you're, you're a POS for liking that movie still. No, I just think, you know, we're, I think we all get it, you know, at the end of the day that we, we all have common ground that no Victor is a scumbag. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly. There's nothing really more for me to add there. Um, you know, a lot of people put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this movie and gave great performances and really gave their all. And, uh, you know, they stand out and I think they deserve to be commended for that. And I think that they deserve to be appreciated for that. And their work deserves to be appreciated for that, regardless of Victor. Um, you know, screw the guy. I mean, period. Um, but I, it is a movie, regardless of how you feel about the man that made it. One of the very many people that made it, I should say. It's a movie that will last generations because it just taps into primal fears of ours and does it so effectively. And I would hate for people to let this movie fly under the radar and not give it the chance it deserves because of him, because it truly is. It's a timeless movie, man. It's pretty undeniable. Well, this is the I wanted to end the show with this. Okay, it's 2001. Horror is in a really funky place. We're about a year out from the Japanese remake explosion. I say explosion. There was a number of them. Mirrors, Grudge, Grudge, The Ring. Um, why do you think that? Why do you think in a in a in a oddball time, almost like it's it's almost like 1990, 1990-1991-ish in music, we're still like in this weird mix between hair metal and grunge and and the next big explosion hasn't really happened yet. It's a really weird time for horror. We're at the tail end of what could be called the scream era. Cause I think Valentine came out the same year and there's a few other movies. Yep. And then there's other stuff that's starting to come out. That's very different. It's a very odd time. It's it's it. Nothing has been established at this time. At, in that moment, I think is the next big thing. What's what becomes the next big thing is the remake phase as we're going to see, but we're in this really weird window Horror is not exactly, I wouldn't say it's dead, but it's not the most popular genre world at the time. Why did this movie succeed to you? Because I can sum it up in one word or in one sentence why I think it actually legitimately caught on and legitimately worked. It was scary. I think there's two things. Yeah. I was going to say fear and originality. I I think that's what it is. Uh, You didn't get another paint by the numbers scream um and what you did get was a movie that was genuinely frightening the imagery the atmosphere it's frightening i mean now whatever you want to call that whether whether you want to call it um originality whether you want to call it just being scary whether you want to call it being what whatever it is i think that's what it is it was original and it was scary and i think in a time where people were starting to get burnt out on the post scream era that was a welcome breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's what I, I, if the movie wasn't scary, it wouldn't have become so successful. I mean, it, it just wouldn't have. That's not to say that it wouldn't have got a cult following like Valentine did. But let's be, let's let's be honest here. Valentine has a cult following because it's a fun slasher movie. This movie was legitimately frightening. And that's what caused the groundswell. The people made the movie successful, not a studio, not promotion, not the people made it what it was. Because you got to imagine in 2001, Nick, you went to go see Jeepers Creepers. If you did, you know, you're going home and you're saying to your friends, I just saw the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even kidding. You have to see it. The same thing happened with Paranormal Activity. The people mm-hmm. made it successful. And the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. So I think yeah. the movie was successful simply because it was freaking scary. And people went home and told their friends, you have got to see this. You won't believe it. We all love the feeling of being scared, even if we say we don't, because there is a chemical imbalance in our brain. When we get scared, we get a reaction. We're alive. We feel it's a great feeling. It's an exhilaration. And I still think that works. I still think if you make a movie legitimately scary, something that will legitimately scare people. Like Hereditary. The reason Hereditary became what it was was not because A24 promoted it. No, no, no. It got successful because this person saw it and told this person. That person told mm-hmm. same thing with every classic. Halloween. It was word of freaking mouth. Good movies yep. will get good movies will sell themselves. And then the people become the proprietors of its success. Jeepers Creepers yeah. was no yeah, different. I, I think that's a perfect book into it. I mean, and guys, you know, we, we addressed it and I'll just, I'll double down on it. We don't support or condone the man that. That's for Victor Samuel right there. He can go fuck himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as the movie's lasting impact and everybody involved in the performances they gave and, and the fear that this movie gave us. Yeah. It's a staple. It's a staple for me. And I think that you're truly missing out. If you have not seen Jeepers Creepers and I think, I think you should see it. This is a movie that I don't know. I think 20 years from now, when I look back on the two thousands, this is going to be a movie that's probably in my top 10. It is 20 years from now. (laughs) When this drops, it will be the week of its 20th anniversary. That's insane. Which is crazy. So happy birthday, Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. All right, guys. So um, we, we look forward to, any kind of discussion you want to have in the comment section below, we'd love to hear your, your genuine thoughts, uh, whether you um, dislike the movie for a variety of reasons. Um, some people really have a vendetta against it, ripping off the Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, I know Stone is not happy. He was not happy about that. I actually think it's kind of cool uh, in a sense, not that there was a legitimate murder that was, I mean, I say that, but how many movies were inspired by legitimate murders? Um, yeah. Uh, but I think it's interesting. It adds to some kind of lore to the movie that makes it, quite frankly, a little bit more creepy to me. Uh, not that it needed it, but um, yeah, love this. Love the original film. And hindsight, I could take or leave parts two and three. I, I really could. I really could just take yeah. or leave them. The first one is the only one that I think really matters. So uh, let me know what you guys think. We'll, whatever. Yeah, whatever you want to discuss in the comments, we we uh, look forward to it and uh, have a nice, wholesome, honest, and uh, truthful discussion. So uh, we look forward to that. Um, but everybody that was involved in the movie besides Victor Salva, your work still 
uh, has will never go unnoticed, and we appreciate all the hard work that everybody put into it. So thank you guys for watching this episode of the You Need a Horror podcast. Went a little bit deep tonight, but you know what? It's I think we need to do it. It's not Sometimes you need to avoid certain things because it's just not beneficial to talk about it, but I think this was a conversation that should be talked about and not ignored. Yeah. Screw the surface level bullshit when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. You should delve into it. If you're going to do it, just do it. Yeah. Well, there we go, guys. We love you. And this has been another episode of the Unita Hara podcast. This has been a production of the Unita Horror podcast. You need it. We got it. Thank you for listening.